This is the Daily Signal podcast for Wednesday, October 5th. I'm Virginia Allen. More than half of all abortions are medication abortions. These are abortions that are performed with pills, usually at home. But according to a new study by the organization Support After Abortion, many women who have medication abortions struggle with their decision after the fact. On today's show, I am joined by the founder of Support After Abortion, Janine Marone. We discuss the findings of a new study that looks specifically into the emotional and psychological effects of medication abortions on women. Stay tuned for our conversation after this. This is Mike Howell at the Heritage Foundation. I know how the left and the deep state operate because I've seen it from the inside. When I was working for the Trump administration, I learned how the left made our lives miserable and how they continued to think they could play by their own rules. Well, now we're taking all of these tricks and tactics that were deployed against the Trump administration and turning them against the Biden regime. Through the work of the Oversight Project, we're exposing the left for what they are and embarrassing some actors responsible. We're using strategic FOIAs and fearless litigation to force these bureaucrats to deliver documents they'd prefer to never see the light of day. But for our work to be successful, we need patriots like you to stand with us. You can take action now. Visit heritage.org slash oversight to learn more. There's no time to waste. Today, we are joined by the founder and board chairman of Support After Abortion, Janine Marone. Janine, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. I look forward to this. So explain a little bit about what you all do at Support After Abortion. What is your mission? Our mission is to bring healing to men and women who have suffered from abortion for the real purpose of ending the demand for abortion. It's simple and it's straightforward and there's such a need for that. Um, and you all, uh, you all have really been doing this work, I, I know, for quite some time. What was kind of your, that moment when you realized, you know what, we need to found an organization like this. There needs to be resources for women after abortion. Virginia, I think you're asking me for my aha moment, and I am so happy to say that because I think many of our listeners or or people that are going to be part of this interview are in that same space or place that I was. I was at something called Luncheons for Life, which is a grassroots networking luncheon for like-minded people, and there was a counselor for one of the abortion recovery programs. And for the first time in my life, in in pro-life, I realized that there was more than one victim to an abortion. Hmm. A woman had had an abortion herself, and there were about 60 people in the room, and you could have heard a pin drop. Hmm. But for me, and for support after abortion, that was the impetus. That was the defining moment where I realized that the way I was looking at abortion might have been more narrow than it really needed to be or should be. Mm-hmm. Well, and I love the fact that in addition to really journeying with women and making sure that they have the resources that they need as they heal and recover mentally and emotionally from abortions, you all are also, you're really diving into, okay, how does 
abortion impact women. And you have recently uh, put out a new study specifically looking at how medical abortions impact women. And we say medical abortions, that's the abortion pill that women uh, usually take at home. Um, So share a little bit about these findings. How many uh, abortions are usually done via the abortion pill? Uh, this is thank you so much. That's such a great question. This is the fourth research study that we've done. So we we started with just looking at all reproductive loss, and then now to most recently in 2021, we did the medication abortion. I do want to do one clarification because mm-hmm. I hear this with people that I talk about. There is a Plan B pill. It's a pill that's taken after. Um, someone has had intercourse, and it's usually done the day after that. There, the medication abortion is completely different from that, okay. and I think that deserves some, you know, at least some um, definition. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the medication abortion, there's over fifty percent of of abortions today are are done with this series of pills. Okay. It started in, became FDA approved in 2000, 2001, and that might have been maybe 2% of abortions at that point, and it's now over 50%. And if you look at the trend line, and particularly because of its ease and convenience on how you can acquire these pills, it could be as high as 70% by the end of this year or early next year. So it's a growing, it's a growing abortion that is done by an individual in the privacy of their home, and it is it is growing in uh, its comparison to to surgical abortion. So and there's as, a lot to fear from it. Yeah, as as you all did this study and looked into the use of abortion pills of medical abortion, what exactly were you trying to learn? What were you trying to uncover? Just like the first one, we we moreover wanted to be able to size it to understand who. Who are these? Who are these people demographically? What are what are they experiencing? And to understand the magnitude of whether you want to look at it from a marketing perspective, or how do we reach these people? What are they inclined to hear? So knowing that it's this growing concern, what can we do as a healer, as a healing provider, as a healing leader to get to the most amount of people with the most appropriate thing that they will, or or program or, or process that they will listen to or be inclined to want to embrace? Hmm. And, And indeed, do they want, do they want help at all? And about how many women did you all survey for this study? There, there were over 4,000 that were part of the study, and we talked to over 100 that actually had the abortion. Okay, okay. In this particular fashion. And this is part of, a, as, I, as, a, as I mentioned, a larger body of research that we did in the same way. So we had a lot of things that we could compare it to. Yeah. I'm just curious to know what you all learned about the women. How how do women fare who have medication abortions? Um, there's a couple of real key numbers that I want to bring out. Please. And remember, we could also compare this to women who have, who have had all abortions, which included surgical abortions. Women are suffering after medication abortions. 34% indicated some negative response to the medication abortion, and that is 
higher than all the all abortion study that we had done previous to that. Over 60% of the women sought help. Mostly they went to their friends. They went to someone to find out, to get some kind of consolation or help. But only 18% knew where to go. And not all of them were necessarily abortion help locations. Hmm. We also learned that more than, when I told you this earlier, that over half of the medical abortions, um, of abortions are medical abortions. But the biggest two is that there, there is a huge demand of women who want help after their abortion and they truly don't know where to go. That, by the way, that's very similar to uh, all abortions and both men and women. The, the, the knowledge of that there is help after abortion is not out there. So when a woman walks into Planned Parenthood and they send her home with pills to have an abortion at home, they're not also giving her, you know, any sort of flyer that says, you know, depression is common after having an abortion. You know, if you need help, call X. Uh, that is correct. They, that is not what is that is not what is happening inside abortion facilities. I can't say that for 100% of them, but for those that that we encounter, that that is not happening. Yeah, in in all the numbers and the data that was uncovered uh, through this uh, survey and through your research, was there anything that really surprised you? Since this was the fourth one, the I'm going to go back to the first one. Mm-hmm. Many of the same things were. Uh, were the same. There were just the magnitude was just larger when it came to medical abortion. Um, um, the the biggest findings that I think that that were for me were that most of the programs that are out there are 200 different types of abortion healing programs. They mostly are their retreat models. They are uh, Bible studies. Um, they are. They tend to have a. They're a. a they tend to be all with a big faith-based leaning, and we, we, our response was that 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 is not what these women wanted, and that's not just the medical, but it's also all surgical abortion. Um, so that was a big surprise to me. Although with the, with so many abortion recovery or healing providers that were out there, I've always been surprised. And why aren't more people looking for healing? Because that wasn't what they were looking for. The other one is that anonymity is so important to women and, quite frankly, men in a healing process. And based on what I just told you, those, those types of healing processes are not necessarily um, anonymous. So those are the, the biggest. I think the, the other one is that, that we are hearing uh, on, from both men and women, um, women are saying that it is their decision alone. So 78% said it was their decision. We hear so much about how men are um, uh, and others are maybe manipulating that decision, and that's not what we heard in the survey. Similarly, we heard from men that they weren't part of the, 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 um, the decision. So I think those are the, the biggest things that, 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 I, that I got from this. Yeah, those are interesting from this. Yeah. It, it is believed that the number of medication abortions, like you said, is going to increase, especially after uh, the overturning of Roe. Um, what, what happens during uh, a medication abortion? Just kind of walk us through 
what is entailed in this, if you would? Well, um, in, in most states, uh, and in also because of the way it works, um, it, a medication abortion will only work up to something like 15 weeks. So it's in the early stages of pregnancy. So what should happen is there should be an ultrasound that should be conducted to, to, to make sure that, that, that the woman is within that time period. They are given a, they are given a series of pills. The one is a, a myth, I can't even say it, a mifepristone, which is it blocks the body's progesterone, which is the hormone that's necessary to continue a pregnancy. And in, in a sense, that, that causes the, the death of the, of the child. And from there, the, between 24 and 48 hours later, there's going to be a cramping and bleeding and um, um, to empty the uterus. And, and then that's necessary for additional pills that will basically create the abortion. So this process is... Um, is not pleasant. Uh, the, 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 the abortion provider will say that, oh, it's just going to be like a heavy period. That's not what happens. You know, in many cases, the, the woman will actually see um, what this baby, the fetus, the, what, whatever you want to call this, this child that's being um, eliminated, they will see this and it will, it will be they're told sometimes it's some we've heard things that it's just like a like flushing a, a a goldfish and we know that's not true, but what happens is that it's happening in the home. It may be happening in the shower, it can be happening in in the toilet, um, but what we're what is happening is a is the is this is not um, happening between a doctor and a patient. This is happening at home and the 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 need then to um, eliminate the, 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 the fetus, the child is happening at home and largely it can be happening in a toilet. Wow. Um, it's the bleeding and the spotting can happen for, for several weeks. Um, there certainly should be a follow-up ultrasound or there should be, um, some, something else that, 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 that goes on to make sure that the, the the, the entire, all the, all the baby is removed. I mean, it, there is nothing that I, I'm not a doctor. Let me say that first off. But I, knowing this process that goes on, and how little the woman that's involved in making this decision probably knows about this whole process, is limited. And in, in, and um, you know, and, and I'm just talking about the physical impacts. Not to mention what our focus is, is certainly on the emotional the psychological and certainly the spiritual impacts that can, that can come from making a decision like this. And what, go ahead and dive into that. If, if you would, what were some of those takeaways as far as how women fare two weeks after having a medication abortion or five years down the road? And, and part of this is going to be from the study, and part of this is going to be from what we what we see from women. We're seeing people or women um, weeks later, and that is that's that's typically that has been unusual because compared to to surgical abortions because of what I just told you. You know, it's it's hard for me to even say it because I don't even know the words to choose. So that that you know, one of my favorites is if you see Abby Johnson's Unplanned movie, she 
she has a uh, the the out the outcome of a of a medication abortion in the movie, and she says it's nothing like what really happened. But if you, if anyone who's seen the movie or has heard anything about this can know that 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 this is now a really up close and personal experience that there's no anesthesia involved. So if you can imagine that, we're going to see women much sooner in the process. But there, but the suffering beyond the, the the physical suffering is oh my gosh anger um, in not understanding what what this process is about anger in their own involvement in decision, the grief regret shame remorse and abortion at large is I mean that's it's one of those places that we don't permit grieving. Um, it's a, the 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 need to grieve a loss is so imperative and if in the absence of being allowed to do that so many unintended consequences can come for 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 any individual mm. both men and women i know we're talking about we're specifically talking about medication abortion but i can't and i i can't not say that the impact of abortion goes so far beyond just the individual involved in the decision in the um, or having the abortion for anyone listening who has had an abortion, whether a medication abortion or not, or maybe they have a loved one or a friend who's had one, and they're thinking, I, I need help, I need support, you know, whether they live in Texas or Kansas or, or New Hampshire, uh, can they call upon the resources and the folks that support after abortion for help? The answer is absolutely yes. They can go onto our website at supportafterabortion.com. What we do is we are an intake, but we also refer to, we've, we've vetted so many um, different uh, programs and, and providers that can provide the type of assistance that the individual would need. We say there's no one size fits all and there's no one and done to abortion healing. So whether it's wanting a faith-based program, starting somewhere else, needing to to just text or just or to have a phone call, to be part of a group or to be part of something much more anonymous, all of those things that we can help provide and and meet the individual where they are for what they need at that particular moment to start to begin the healing process that is so necessary. Janine Marone, the founder of Support After Abortion. And again, if you want to check out their resources, you can visit supportafterabortion.com. Janine, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Virginia. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to speak about this important topic. Absolutely. And that'll do it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Daily Signal podcast. If you haven't gotten a chance, be sure to check out our evening show right here in your podcast feed, where we bring you the top news of the day. Also make sure to subscribe to the Daily Signal wherever you get your podcasts and help us reach even more listeners by leaving a five-star rating and review. We read all of your feedback and it's always awesome to hear. Thank you again for listening. Have a great day and we'll be right back here with you at 5 p.m. for our top news edition. The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. The executive producers are Rob Bluey and Kate Trinko. 
Producers are Virginia Allen and Samantha Rank. Sound designed by Lauren Evans, Mark Guiney, and John Pop. To learn more, please visit DailySignal.com.